Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Okay, so those of you who haven't heard me speak, I usually have a song that I play, but we are going to have a song, but I'm going to do something different. I'm going to start with something else first. We went on a trip for Christmas. Well, the first thing is, I'm hoping if anybody doesn't know, Chris and Mika and Quinn are in Oregon, and actually right now they're probably in a service at the Counterculture Church in Portland where Spencer is working. They wanted to go see what it was like. And then, as Chris said, there'll be three generations of men watching football all day tomorrow. So I'm not sure what Quinn, Quinn will probably be in on that too. She likes that. I'm not sure if Mika will be watching all those. but So I get the privilege of being up here today. I'll let you decide at the end if it was a privilege for you to be here or not. But um, We missed you last week. We were over in Montana. Having an amazing... i got to grab the tissues before I even start. Just in case you don't know, my eyes usually run and my nose run while I do this. So... Um, Got to spend a great time with family. My mom and dad were in their late 80s, and it was just, it's awesome to spend time with them Amen. and have someone that's been on my side my whole life. And then my third son was over there with his wife, um, was at my oldest brother's, who I looked up to my whole life and wanted to be like him, and then I realized I was already a lot like him. So it was good to be out at their house, but we also did a thing called a bail tag. So we, we go and eat and fill ourselves with prime rib, lamb roast, all these other things. And then we go outside and he's made a rectangular thing with round bales. Of course, with the round side up, not the flat side. And left some bales out of the middle. And then you play tag on it with all the younger people. And I'd love to make the excuse that it was the shoes that I had on, but unfortunately I figured out that any quickness, agility, or balance that I had 30 years ago is not the same now. But my body still made it through okay. But it was fun. It was really fun to be able to do that. So we did miss being here, but... Well, I was going to say that. She didn't mention. She said every time somebody was chasing me, I screamed like a little girl. Leave it to your wife. <laughs> Leave it to your wife to let you know that. I mean. Anybody wants to see the videos? Yeah. That's not the one that's going to play later. Or at least I don't think it is. So when we were traveling, we, we like to have a, we have a bunch of books on audio that Mike has picked out. And there was one on, I don't even know who it was, on healing. But in it, part of the things were like a question-answer thing that were in the book where they were questioning people. And I believe it was John G. Lake that it was the one who was asking, and they asked him about testimony, what he thought about testimony. And he, he said that you should start every service with a half an hour testimony before you ever do anything else. So this morning, I'm going to start with a little testimony. And it's Mike and I's testimony about finances. And since we've been married, we've, we've gone up, we've gone down, but we've been happy and thankful through the whole thing. 
It's like Paul in four, you know, in Philippians 4.12. I've been happy with them a lot. I've been happy with little. I've learned to live either way, and I'm happy. So we've done that. But sometimes it's a struggle. And I can tell you that I was never really great with money, but I've, I've learned to be more wise with it and be better with it. And my wife has now too. When I met Micah, she, she has always tithed. Always tithed. And as a matter of fact, at one point before we got married, she was actually tithing 20%, not 10%, on money that with hardly anything coming in. But you know what? Money always showed up to cover everything. He was faithful. But the thing is, he doesn't want you to just tithe and then forget about the rest. He wants you to be a good steward of everything, not just the 10% that you're giving. He wants you to be a good steward of the other 90 that you have. So she, and say with me, it's been a blessing. I, I quit a job three years ago. I just knew I wasn't supposed to be there anymore, and I quit. I was in pain. I wasn't, things weren't going good, and I stepped away from it right when COVID started, or a little before, and I'm thinking, I'm stepping out of a job that's paying me good money, and I'm believing God told me to, and my wife would agree with this. And they were given raises, you know, still working full-time, and a lot of people didn't have work, and I'm thinking, God, what am I doing? Why do you have me do this? Well, it was to trust Him. I stepped out and probably did... Four months of no work and just worked here at the church and just did whatever I needed to, anything that could, it could here, and stepped into stuff here. And then about three years ago, Mr. LaPointe asked me if I would help him finish or, or do a job that he had. He needed a hand. Well, it's now three years later, and I'm still doing that, which has been a total blessing. The work just keeps coming. The money's gone up. It's been amazing. But in the same process... Micah has gone in and out of a different thing, selling insurance, doing other things, back and forth. And this year, there was probably, she started working for a place called B&B Formula. They were doing sales. It was okay, but then that part of where she was doing the sales kind of ended. And she's like, God, you know, what am I supposed to do? There was another thing that was kind of cooking, but it wasn't paying either, a startup, and there was things that were going back and forth. And, and, uh, she asked God, what am I, you know, what am I, she still stayed with the company and went to the morning meetings and did the prayer meetings, led prayer meetings for him, but wasn't getting paid for any of that. And he said, just stay the course. So she was on their one meeting and they talked about a customer service. They were doing a customer service team. So she called to see if there was any way they would need anybody because that's what she did before was customer service with the insurance. She was a retention person. She could talk people off the cliff and keep them to you know, keep their stuff going, and helped people. People that didn't realize, you know, what was happening with their insurance. Once it didn't have benefits, trying to get benefits, all these different things with the life insurance. So she's very good at it. So they said, okay, send your resume. So she sent her resume, and they offered her a position, a half-time position, one to five, and five days a week, paying a decent wage. And we're like, hey, this is awesome. And then there was, there was actually chances for... Uh, bonuses. So she was almost doubling what she was making with the bonuses every week and, and doing what they're doing. So they were so amazed that it was, what was it, two weeks or three weeks? Almost a month she did that. And then they said, we need to talk to you. We got something I need to tell you, her lady that's right above her. 
And she got on there and they doubled her wage for only 20 hours a week. She's now making a full-time wage, working 20 hours a week, which opens her up to do the ministry that she's supposed to do during the day. But she also, in that, before that started, right before that started, she started budgeting out all of her money and actually saving money and putting money in an account, a savings account. And I think there's a, I don't know if that wrote that. I think there's a word somewhere. I think it's in like Luke 10 where it says, the one who's faithful and manages the little will be, get, will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. Yeah. So it says, but those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. So you can tithe and you can do all that. And this can go with more than just finances. It says in there somewhere that, you know, we're not only supposed to read the word, but we're supposed to do the word. So just because you read the word doesn't mean you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, you're getting the word in you, but you're supposed to be doing the word that you're reading too. So it's just a testimony of how when we step into what he wants us to do, he's there right with us and meets us. And then it becomes the overly and abundantly that's in Ephesians 3.20, right? And he fills us up and gives us more. Where am I at here? Oh, and that leads me into Chris didn't even talk to me. I hadn't talked to him for a week, week and a half. He hadn't even asked what I was preaching. He doesn't even check anymore <laughs> what I'm going to do. But he did call me yesterday and we talked for a little bit. He just wanted me to add a little bit about what 2023 was, our word for 2023 was synergy. And I really think we have put together a group of people that are just amazing. And that by coming together, we're seeing the fruit of doing that. And it took a while until we got, you know, communication was always a problem around here, but it's getting so much better. We had Anna stepped in at the administrator, which made a huge help. Chris is actually, I don't think it's also a thing that Chris is now full-time ministry, not trying to divide it to everything else. And he goes from being a pastor to being a bishop. I mean, things like this happen when everything comes together, and God is the catalyst. He never changes, but he changes everything around him. And we've stepped into that. And then to come in and do a tournament, the cornhole tournament like we did, and to have it come off the way it was, and to be able to give money to Bethesda as a team was amazing. And I think it's just what's starting here. We now have more people coming. We now have more... Not that money is what you want to have, but there's more coming in. So we can do more things. Well, the more that comes in, the more that goes out. I mean, we already give more than any Church of God church there is, percentage-wise. Well, so that money's just going to get more. That goes out to help everybody. So because it seemed like, I mean, I've been coming here for about seven years. And it seemed like all we were doing was holding down the fort for a lot of it. We were just weathering the storms that were coming through. But now we're further than that. Even though a storm comes, we're not weathering it. We're going right through it. 
We're just flying right through the storms as they come, which I think is amazing. And that's where the, the overly and abundantly comes to. Because we're doing what he wants and we're doing it together as a team, he's blessing this place with people coming in, with money coming in, with everything coming in, and just making it huge. So that's just what kind of a year-end thing where we were there until we stepped into something else. And I think next year is just going to be huge. I think it's just going to explode. I mean, he even said that the bishop, pastor, or uh, Pat Wright that was here said that he, he told him he'd never seen a group of people like this together with this many people that are so knowledgeable, so schooled, so wise, be in one congregation this size. He said, this place is just ready to explode. He goes, I've been to a lot. There's 70 churches out here. And he goes, we don't come to a place like this. We try to go in and save places. You guys don't need to be saved. We need to take you other places. <laughs> so that's awesome to hear from somebody that does that. And that's what they do. So that's kind of where we're at ending the year. So now I think it's time for a song if I can get it to come up back there. We'll see how this works if I can get it to run. I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays and talking about the options and talking about the sweet time. I asked him when it sank in that this might really be the real end How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what'd you do? And he said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a bull named Blue And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. He said, I was finally the husband, but most of the time I wasn't. I became a friend a friend would like to have And all of a sudden going fishing Wasn't such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad Well, I, I finally read the good book And I took a good long hard look At what I'd do if I could do it all again skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds 
That's good, Chris. Thank you for helping me with that. Um, he usually gives me a song that goes with what I'm doing, and that's kind of where I'm going today is. We all have a bucket list. That song was wrote, I originally thought that Tim McGraw wrote it, but he didn't. There was two guys that wrote it named uh, Tim Nichols and Craig Wiseman, and they wrote it to inspire people to do things they hadn't done, and to be better people. Or to do their bucket list. The only problem is, most people wait till the end of their life to do their bucket list. As Christians, we're supposed to be doing the bucket list our whole life. Tim McGraw sang that song because it reminded him of his dad. I don't know if you know who Tim McGraw's dad was named, Tug McGraw. He was a, uh, he was a pitcher for the Mets and for the, I can't remember, Phillies. Phillies and the, and the Mets are the two teams. He was, had a 20-year career. And he, he, uh, his dad had a triple bypass at one time, and then he also died of brain cancer. And both times it reminded Tim of his dad when he heard the lyrics of this song. So that's why he sang it. And, and being able to uh, you know, connect with his dad before he died. They ended up having, didn't have a relationship when they were young, but he did as they got older and, and really got close to him, and that's why he did it. I think it's funny that Tug McGraw was known for, because it was when he was playing with the Phillies and they were, this, wasn't, this was meant for the team, but I think it's funny that his, his motto that he was known for was, you got to believe. I like that one. You got to believe. Believe in God. I'm not sure that, I'm sure that's not what he meant when he said it, but you got to believe in team and doing what they're doing, but 
That was where he is. So as I was going on, a bucket list is nothing more than a bucket of dreams. A bucket of dreams that you have things to do. Or maybe you could just call it the desires of your heart. Have we heard that before in the word somewhere? I think I've heard that. God has given us those desires. God has given us that bucket full of those things. The only problem is, are we looking at it with our fleshly eyes? Are we looking at it through his eyes on what those are and what those desires really are? And some people can put that in there like he'll give you the desire of your heart, you know, like he's going to give you a brand new sports car and a thing like that if you do that prosperity gospel thing. I'm not trying to pick on them, but uh, yeah, anyway. That's not quite what that means. Um, One person wrote, Scripture tells us only God knows the desires of our heart. It It was, after all, God who put them there, and they were designed to lead us to his will for our lives. He's given you those desires to lead you where he wants to go and what he wants you to do. And like I said, if you're not looking at him through his eyes, you may not catch what that is, what he wants you to do. There's over a hundred verses in the Bible that talk about seeing through or with God's eyes. So that's who he wants us to be looking through, not through our lenses, through his, and seeing what he's got for us. Now, there's people in here that have done that. John LaPointe, taking the stuff to Nicaragua. The only thing is, it's bigger than that. That's just one part of it. People that are learning languages, like Dennis, because he's going to go and preach in that language. He's going to touch people where that's at. That's why he's put that desire for you to do that. There's so many different desires that he's put in, and they can be just small ones that he's put in there that you're thinking, well, that really isn't much. Well, look at it through his eyes. It doesn't take a lot to turn into something. He can give you one little desire for something that can turn into something huge. Um, let's see where I'm at here. I mean, it is those, just those little desires, like learning a language or doing a thing or taking a trip. You know, it says... Let me read that one. You know, the, the Great Commission is a good one. In Matthew 20, 16 through 20, it says, Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day and even to the completion of the age. Well, if that's not a bucket list, I don't know what is. So you're thinking, well, I've really wanted to go to maybe there's a reason for that. I've really wanted to go to the Philippines. I've really wanted to go. Well, maybe that's because he wants you there to put his word out. It says to do it wherever you at, but it also says to do the nation. So some of us have to travel to do that. And if he's given you a desire to go to a different country, 
that desire is probably because he has something for you to do in that country and to spread his word. I grew up seeing myself on a stage with a microphone. I never understood what it was. I think I get it now. Somewhat. This is part of it. He wanted me in front of people telling who he is. How much I'm going to do this? I don't know. Whatever he leads me to do. But I know this is part of what he was showing me and putting in my heart to do. He's given us visions of travel to different countries. And I think it's the same thing. We, we made a trip to Brazil, and it was one of the most amazing trips we have. And Nicaragua has been amazing every time I've been down there. It is so fun to spread his love and to put it all through this world. You just really have to look at what he's setting out in front of you. The only problem is, you know, we, I want to be a healer. I want to see people raised from the dead. I want to, I want to see people saved. You know what the problem with that is? You have to do it. It's not going to just happen. That's like, it, it blows my mind because I had a lot of this down and then about two o'clock this morning, like usual, before I come in, he usually interrupts and Shane puts his little words in there that need to go there, not just mine, which is good because I wanted you to hear his words, not my word. But then how many confirmations I got after he did that, that this is what he wanted me to speak on. I opened up my, my devotion this morning and it has probably every verse that I have on this page was in there. And then we come in and she starts talking about, you know, the songs that, that go right along with it all, you know, removing the change, doing the, making the move, making, it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. This is what you want me to speak on. But I gave it to him and let him do it. And that's what we have to do with the desires of our heart. He put them there. Give them back to him and let him use you. But like I said, you have to make the step. It's not going to just happen. And he's freed us up financially now so that we can do more. And that's what he wants. He opens the doors. We just have to step through them. He may close some too that he doesn't want you to go into, which is a good thing. You might not see it as a good thing sometimes. But as he closes one, he opens another one. And he says, here, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. There was also... A time when I was, what's I do with that one? What's over there? When I was young, I used to have what they call, what they call, deja vu. I would see things so clearly, and then they would happen, and I would just be like, how did that happen? I've done this already. Where did this come from? Well, it came from him. And I truly believe, I mean, if I'm not getting out of line at what I've got here. Let me go, before I go all the way into that, let me, let me read this. Psalm 37, 3 through 5. I'm going to read it in two different versions. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will dwell in the land, feasting on His faithfulness. Find a light and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you 
what you desire most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. That's the Passion Translation. I kind of like that one. Some people don't like the Passion. I like some of the words that go into the Passion. The guy really put some passion into it. That's what he did. The other one, this version, the next version is the New King James Version. I can't leave that out because that's what Chris uses all the time. So. To trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. When you go through that, he's not just giving you the desires of your heart. He's telling you to be faithful to him and to come to him, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me lead your life, and then it will happen. I'll make it happen. Because you're letting me lead you where I want you to go and you will get the desires of your heart because I'm the one that put them in there. I'm going to see that you get them. I mean, that's the way he works. And I know God has given all of you dreams. But it's time to dream again and to dream bigger than you've ever dreamed before. Because he's bigger than anything that you can dream way bigger than anything you can dream. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The desires of your heart. If you come to Him. Now, I wasn't... I. I was baptized Catholic, so I wasn't saved. Anyway, when I was young, I won't go there, but I just did. Those visions and those things I had were before I even knew who God really was. He gives you this when you, before you are born. He puts those desires in your heart. And they're there your whole life. You have to unlock them with him. You may even see touches of them. It's like I was talking about the deja vu. I know that that's what it was from now. Back then it scared me. I didn't have a clue. Why was I feeling this and seeing this? So at this time right now, I totally believe that God is opening up gifts that he's given you and letting you reopen that gift at this time. If there's something that you've had in your past, he's saying, I'm going to open that up to you again so you can use that gift. Now you understand what that gift is and what you can do with that gift. Let's revisit that gift. And I think he's opening up dreams that you've had. And I think he's dusting off those prophetic words that are on the shelf that you went, there's no way that's going to ever happen. He's saying, no, I gave you that word for a reason. Because it's going to happen as long as you step into it. That's like we were talking when I came up and I said, the victory's there. He's already won the battle. He's already... We have to step into the breakthrough, step into the victory, step out of the battle that we think we're in and let him take care of the battle. See it through his eyes. Was it, how, were we talking about Elisha 
where he took the, he said, show my servant. And when his servant's eyes were opened, what he could see, the armies that were around and everything, he's like, we have to see with his eyes. We can't look at what we're seeing with our natural eyes. We'll never get anywhere. We need him more than we've ever needed anything and any time. We need it now. And I think that's why he's opening all this stuff back up because he needs us now to move forward. He could take care of everything with a snap of his fingers and it would all be perfect. But that's not who he is either. He wants his people to do it and to show who he is through them and put it out there so that everybody can see what you have and who you are through you. We're just a conduit. Like they said, they prayed for me this morning. I, I love it when I preach because you get people laying hands on you and praying for you and telling you everything you're going to do. And it's like, yes, I'm going to do that. So in, in, in that same token, there's words where you're like supposed to be an encourager. That's part of your heart. You're supposed to be a healer. That's part of your desires, your heart. You're supposed to be... And let me tell you, he's going to lead people through things. My wife does healed healers because she was hurt through things. She wants to lead people out of what she went through. John LaPointe, same with Celebrate Recovery. He lived with that. But now he's helping people get out of it. Same with the, the pure desire. Same thing he does with that. It's helping people. You go... God doesn't put you into those things, but sometimes he lets them happen and then he uses them for good. Same song we had this morning, wasn't it? Turn the evil to good. Sometimes you go through things in your life and he's taking you through that so that you can take somebody else through it. You can grab their hand and lead them right out of what they're in. Pull them right through there. Because he knows he can trust you to do it because he's already pulled you through it. And he knows you know what it is. He's touching you so that you can touch others. There's nothing. You know, we, we had a thing at the core team about things that we're, where we felt close. Where we, you did the devotion. That, where, how did you say that? How you felt. Sometime where you felt close, close to God or close as you've ever been to God or I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but there was things. But one of the things that gets me is prophetically giving someone one word and watch them melt in front of you. And you're thinking, what can that word really mean? And they just crumble. And you're like, oh, I see that meant something to them. And I was just doing what he told me to do, to give him that one word. That's a desire of your heart. That's something that he puts in there that he wants. I love little babies. And I've loved holding and, and I can, they call me, well, some people do, the baby whisperer. I can usually put them to sleep when they can't be calmed down. I love that so much that I wanted to they had a Florence Crittenden home, I think is what it was called, over in Helena. And I volunteered to go in and hold the babies, but they wouldn't let me do it because I was a man. And I had long hair. And 
But that's something that I've always desired as young kids. I, I, hello? I love to play with them. I love to tease them. I love to, not that any of them around here would know that. But, <laughs> but that's a desire of my heart. We go over, I, I, Nicaragua, I love the, the little kids that are running around in the church, the little babies when we go to, the one family we went and visited, what did they have? Eight kids? Nine kids? And the one little teeny boy, and I was there, I spent more most time playing peekaboo with him around their legs than I did praying for everybody, but it was, it's a desire. Those little desires, just like that, that desire of just wanting to be with somebody or to love on somebody. I mean, how many times in the Word does it say about taking care of the orphans and the widows? That's a desire that a lot of us have. That's a desire the church has or should have to heal people that need help. And that's what this church is called to, to heal people that need to be healed, that need to come in and have healing done and then send them out to heal others. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, I, I, uh, I wasn't sure which direction he wanted to go with all this. The bucket list came when we were in Washington. We were, we were over there visiting a couple that we know really good, Ina and Steve, and she's really prophetic. And, and we were sitting there talking one morning, and, and she, she just has a connection with God. Like, I'm like, God, I'd love that. And he says, you can't handle what she's got. And I'm thinking, probably can't, but she can go. She's, oh gone just with him instantly and it's just it's like wow but anyway we were talking and we got through she prayed for us Mike and I were both slayed in the spirit and laying on their living room floor and which usually doesn't happen to me I can honestly say that I, I made a thing with God I said I will go down if you want me to go down but I, I refuse to fake it just because anybody else is going on the floor, I'm not going to, they can punch me in the stomach, I'm not going on the floor unless you want me to go on the floor. And there hasn't been many times I've gone on the floor, but when I have, he's usually right there in it. And he was over there and we got up and I don't know, we were started visiting and talking and I said something about things to do and all this stuff. She goes, like a bucket list. And I went, yeah, like a bucket list of things that, that need to happen. She goes, you know, I bet that could preach. I went, so this has been boiling for about six months now, so just so you know, and I haven't been up here to share it with you. I, my prayer would be that God just opens up all of your bucket lists and opens your bucket and fills it so full with the desires that he has for you that that's all you can see or what he desires for you to do in your life. Moving forward, I, I just, it is so huge to know that he's right there wanting you to do something. You know, when you, you have, I told Chris and, and the core team, I said, I've never really had close friends. I'm closer to the people in this church than I've ever been in any way in my life. That's what we need. Because in order for the desires of my heart to be filled, I may need one of you to do something in my life to make that happen or to partner with me to do it. That's how it works. We don't do it Lone Ranger style anymore. 
It doesn't work. It doesn't end up where we want to go. That's why we have a body that has synergy and people that work together to get everybody to where they need to be and work from where it is. I'm happy being in the back if I have to. Do I like being up here? I don't mind it. If he's given me something that he wants me to share. So this may be a little short. Yeah, it's really short, isn't it? What, what I want to do, though, is I want to... I'm going to pass those all out. I got a little gift for you. I'm good at giving little gifts. My idea is that if I can give you something that reminds you of what I've said and just something you see once in a while that brings to mind what he's doing in your life and what he wants you to do. I mean, you can do anything with this little bucket you want to. I got to tell you, though, my bucket list 40 years ago was probably a bag of ice and a six-pack of beer inside that bucket with a, with a fifth right next to it. So your bucket list can change as you age. And as he comes into your life, it will change, definitely change. Because he's taken me through some stuff that I'm, I'm just saying it's, yeah. You look at that, that uh, video that, he, that I just did with Tim McGraw there. There was a time I almost climbed onto the back of one of those big, huge bulls, and I wasn't totally lucent in the process, and it probably wouldn't have been a good ending. Honestly, it would have probably been really ugly. But there's things that you do in your past that you really go, wow, God, you, you were there all the time, weren't you? I mean, there's times I've almost been shot. People have talked people down from shooting me, but that was because I used my mouth when I really probably shouldn't have said things that probably really shouldn't have been said. So if you don't think he hasn't given you desires and he hasn't filled your bucket, think again. He's filled your bucket. He's filled your desires. He's got everything right there for you. We just have to do it. I mean, literally, that's what it is. I mean, that song would move. We need to move. We don't need to be on our back foot waiting for things to happen, waiting for the next battle, waiting for the next thing to come down the line. We need to be a step ahead of it, knowing that he's right with us. Now, you don't want to run ahead of him, but you want he's right there with you and be there through everything that you're doing. That's why he's there. He's there to lead us, to guide us, to mark our steps. I mean, you can go through the word forever and pick out ones where he showed us how to do this. Then it goes back to, are you reading the word or are you doing the word? Are you just doing your devotion every morning and going, oh, yeah, that's great, awesome. Now I can go do my thing because it's just something you're supposed to do. Or I read my chapter or I read my verse or I read my... No, it takes action to go through and do what you're supposed to do. I mean, literally, we, when we went to Brazil, we went because 
Shannon Schreier, who was here, we'd talked about that we thought we were supposed to do some healing and, and do that. He said, take that trip with Randy Clark because you'll never regret it. And we will never regret it. And the thing was with that trip is that we did things that they had never done before because it was the middle of COVID. We weren't sure we were going to get back. And we went over there. They actually shut down one of the towns that we were supposed to be preaching in. And we, we did street ministry, which Randy Clark had never done on a trip because we didn't have anything else to do. So we walked around, was it Londrina? And prayed for people on the streets. We did the uh, scavenger hunts, you know, put down things, found people that, that we were led to. We saw a lady healed from glaucoma. We, I mean, there was just things that were amazing. On the street, the one group went out. They saved, uh, there was a bunch of skateboarders, a big group of skateboarders. They saved the whole bunch of them. All came to the Lord while we were there. I mean, it was just amazing. And not to mention all the healings that we saw when we went to service. But you got to see, those people came to the service expecting to be healed. They came, some of them were being healed before they even got there because they were expectant of what was going to happen. I mean, we'd get done, when they were preaching, they'd get done preaching, and then they'd say, okay, how many people are already healed? And there would be half the people's hands would go up because they were already healed before we even started praying for them because they were expecting it to happen. But that's the kind of thing that Randy Clark has taken down into there for so many years that people come to it knowing that they're going to get healed. And it's awesome to watch and awesome to see. I heard Micah was telling somebody about it this morning, the one guy that I prayed for. We worked in teams, and this one lady was with me, and she was praying for him for uh, mental healing and for his family. She could tell there was stuff in there, and the whole time she's praying, the, the wife's behind her just bawling because she knows that everything she's praying on him is something that needs to be taken care of or is being taken care of. And she looks at me, and she goes, can you pray for his physical healing? I said, yeah. So I start praying for him, and he goes, hey, he goes, they're leaking. And I'm like, he's translating, they're leaking. And I'm like, what's leaking? He goes, how am I? He had all these lymph nodes were swollen and full of stuff. And he goes, they're leaking. See, they're leaking. And he gets his hand all wet. He goes, see? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're leaking and healing, but I'm good. I'm good. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I raised my hand. That's good. That's awesome. But to see so many people like that happen right in front of your eyes, knowing that it wasn't anything you did other than step up and pray for them, God did it through you because you were obedient. See, that's one thing. There's false humility too. God's going to give you these things to do and he's going to give you these gifts. He's given them to you to go use them. You need to go out and use them because that's what he's got you for. And people saying thank you to you for doing it, say you're welcome. Don't say, oh, God made me. God, it, well, it did come through him. But if you didn't step up and go do it, it wouldn't be happening. You have to play the part too. This isn't just a one-part thing. It's both of you working together. Okay. So as I come to a close here, there's three things I want you to really remember. And what I want you to do. Starting out this new year, and with the 21 days of fasting, this is an awesome time to start this. You know, I was supposed to preach this in the first part of December and God knew that this isn't when it needed to be. It needed to be the end of December. I want you to think about the desires of your heart. 
I want you to truly think about what he's put in there, even little things that you remember from your past, the desires of your heart, the bucket list that he's given you. And the next thing I want you to do is I want to check whose eyes you're looking through. Are you looking at it through your eyes or are you looking through his eyes into what he wants you to do in one thing? And the last thing I want to do is I want you to start dreaming with God. Take time to be with him and dream with him. Bigger than you've ever dreamed before. Take it to him and say, okay, I'm going to spend this time. I'm going to dream with you. Show me what you want me to do. And make it huge. Because like I said, nobody is bigger than he is. And nothing is bigger than he is. Okay, so now what I want everybody to stand. You can hold your little bucket if you want to. We're going to do a little activation. You can either just hold your hands out to receive or you can hold your bucket out. And I'm going to pray over here and I want you to, I want you to do this. Father, I want you and I thank you for, like I said, filling their buckets to overflowing. You put the desires of their heart, their bucket list in them and fill them to overflowing so that what they have flows out to everyone around them. So that they can just be filled from you and just let it run right through you. The river of living water runs from you right through each one of us and out of us. And I want you to give them your eyes, Father, on how you want them to see these desires and this bucket list and how you want it to be fulfilled and what the next step is that you want them to take in doing that. As they enter this new year and as they fast and pray to you, please open their eyes and show them what you have for them. And what I want you to do, in count of three, we're going to take a step and we're going to pour the bucket right over our head. I like it. In count of three, you take one step and then you pour the bucket on your head. Ready? One, two, three, one step. Pour it on your head. He's filling you up with everything that you had in that bucket. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.